Roswell, New Mexico is back, guys. So that means another episode of Welcome Back to Roswell. This week, we're going to be talking about Blind Date, the 14th episode of the first season of Roswell, 1999. OMG, guys. This is the one where Max gets drunk, in case you didn't remember. It's a delight. You also get the first performance of The Wits. Um, Maybe the last performance of The Wits, but definitely the notable performance of Alex Whitman's band, The Wits, as well as the season two premiere of Rouse New Mexico, which was flippin' crazy. It's so good. I can't wait for you to hear what we have to say about it. Honestly, I can't wait to just keep talking about this show every week. I, I, I love these shows, guys. I don't know. I hope that this comes clear. Um, also, this season uh, we have a special bonus, and that bonus is that our boy Patrick is going to be my co-host throughout the season. Um, it's going to be great to have someone week to week who's just as jazz on these shows as me. So uh, check it out. Do it. Okay. Um would you like to be the first questioner or the second questioner? Uh, I, I will be the first questioner, if that's all right. Sure. Okay. Uh, what is the name of the original singer in Alex's band? Pam Conroy. That's not right, but that is a name that's been on this show before. <laughs> uh, question so they two. Are, they are... <laughs> Yeah, go. Oh, uh, who replaced this that singer for the Blind Date concert? Well, that's got to be Maria. Very nice. What two enemies found a common bond in this episode? They must be referring to Kyle and Max. I would assume Num- romantic rivals. <laughs> yes. Uh, number four. What was the name of Liz's blind date? I believe his name is Doug Shellow. Very nice. Uh, how many sips of alcohol did it take for Max to get drunk? One small one. <laughs> we did it. Pop quiz. We did do it. Although, although I don't know that we got the, the first one right. I think we definitely got it wrong. And I don't rem- I don't. It's not always easy to find the answers. Oh, here's what her <laughs> name is. Okay, Wendy Lovely. Wendy Lovely. I don't get how these questions can be like one one question is like tell me this minor detail mentioned in an offhand way uh and like that's one and then another one is what two enemies found a common bond in this episode. <laughs> what is the B like, plot? <laughs> is what yeah. that one is. <laughs> Name two enemies on this show. <laughs> yeah, we don't, especially right now on this show, there's not a lot of enemies. No, not a ton. <laughs> there's two, Kyle and I Max. <laughs> yeah, I think they wanted, I, here's my problem with it, is I yeah. feel like they often with these questions, the questions are not in order of difficulty. No, because we were hit with the most difficult one first. Yes, and then maybe the one of the easiest one second because who replaced of course maria that's again that's (laughs) that's one of the plots that's the whole story (laughs) 
that could have been in the description on Hulu. Um, but we've got more to talk about than just the choices by uh, Paul Ruddititz in the Roswell Pop Quiz, because this is season two of Welcome Back to Roswell. And we're kicking off by talking about the episode um, from original Roswell called Blind Date. I'm yeah. one of your hosts, Ryan Mogi. Uh, and I'm your second host. What? What? Ellis? What? <laughs> it's happened. We have a consistent second host. Patrick volunteered to go deep into Roswell every yes. week. I'm here. With- I'm in it. I'm in it for the long <laughs> haul. I think it's just he wants you wanted to see more of that Jeep. Uh, I mean, of course, I always want to see more of that Jeep. That Jeep is my reason for being. I didn't know until I started watching the show about a year ago that I need more of that Jeep in my life, but I oh, do. We both got so excited to see the Jeep when it came on this we episode. We did. So because, you know, because we are under uh, quarantine conditions, mm-hmm. uh, we are we had to watch it separately, but together. Like we're, we're maintaining. Yeah, and it, it worked out. Yeah. Like we could, we had little commentaries. Mm-hmm. And we watched it in our separate locations. Um, thank you, Hulu, for allowing us to simultaneously stream. Yeah. But yeah, um, although so- like, I I don't know why we're not living in an age where like co-watching stuff is easier. It should be. It like it, it should be second nature. If like we should be able to have friends on Hulu, right? Like you should be mm-hmm. my friend on Hulu. And yep. then we should just be like, oh, yep, we're watching at the same time. And then even if we have to do, like, the voice chat part of it, like, through something else, uh, just be able to time it exactly the same. And then we could, like, oh, comment on the same funny commercials that we're getting or whatever. Yeah. I don't know why You're that's right. that easier. That should be easier. I also just had a thought, and it's either the most obnoxious or the most fun. I should be able to record a video review of every episode of a thing I watch on Hulu. And then when you watch Hulu, you could choose whether or not to watch my little video response to episode three of High Fidelity. Yes, totally. Because look, 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 all these platforms want us rating and reviewing stuff anyway, right? Why can't they be hilarious little video reviews? It would be amazing. All right. Probably because they screen them for content and then like... Some poor soul is gonna have to watch them to make sure there's no child, uh, you know, sexual abuse in any of the video oh, reviews, because <laughs> we live in a nightmare world. We do live. All right, we live in the a world of dreams and nightmares. That's right. Like Liz in this episode, the dream of people randomly picking you to be on a blind date. Okay, so the entire premise of this episode <laughs> is strange, um, and yes. it is it is all kicked off by this uh, radio DJ who is very obviously an actual radio DJ. He's got it. You know how we know? Because he's got radio voice. Mm -hmm. And And radio face. Yeah. And like a nice radio bald spot in the back of his head, too. It's very Wayne's World 2, where you discover that what you imagine radio people to look like is not what their voices sound like. No, not. Yes. Yes. This is correct. Uh, but, you know, he's very excited about his current promotion that he's doing where they are they ambush a teenage girl at her place of work <laughs> and tell the world she's going to go on a blind date and yeah. then set her up. Not to get too far ahead, but to set her up then with a college student, which is also a little presumptuous. 
Yeah, I mean he's a he's a freshman, so like that's yeah. something. <laughs> it is something, but I just feel like anyway, I, she is very mature for her age. Yes. Um, but also also like a college student and a high school student. Like that's it, it it's a it's a strange pairing and like it is uh it's it's really just weird for the for the DJ to be like so invested in what's going on in a high school girl's romantic relationship. Like that's just yeah. It's just weird. But it's also funny. It has a very, to me, it's the same, like, weird sense of humor as um, the guy who runs the UFO center. Yeah, sure. Or the um, the couple that we saw last week who actually, I think, moved to Roswell last week, but we haven't seen them since. Uh, but, like, the couple who's super, they're adults and they're super obsessed with oh, the convention yeah. scene. Like it's this weird energy that these adults in Roswell have sometimes, where they are wackier than the teen hijinks that we're supposed to be watching. This okay. guy is—he is a weirdo. Here's the thing: you said that moved there last week, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess episode 13 <laughs> would have aired one week before this episode." But it has been like eight once since i've even it's been a long time remember there's a big convention and michael dressed like a wrestler and Mm -hmm. yeah everyone was moving in slow motion it was weird this show really likes doing slow motion like just slowing down regular film like that they have not filmed in slow motion (laughs) there's a lot of there's slow motion in this episode both for romancey stuff Mm -hmm. and stuff And then for the big dramatic reveal at the end, but we don't have to get there yet. No, no, no. Let's let's work our, let's work our way through it. So, okay. Um, the the DJ shows up, like you said, ambushes her at work. Um, <laughs> and like I think when he first shows up, he's got his whole posse with him. Then, right? Yes. So he's got like a whole production team, way more than he's going to need for radio. <laughs> no, there are multiple cameras. Both yeah. still photography and video is being taken at all times. Yeah. There's a boom mic later. So, like, the question is, why isn't this, like, a reality, like, TV show? Like, why isn't a TV show? Why is he expressly a radio DJ? I was wondering about that. Like, because by this time, reality TV, like, dating shows existed. Love Connection had been out for 20 years. Yeah. Studs existed. Like, uh... Uh, I mean, yeah, even, the show Blind Date, mm-hmm. and and like singled out, and mm-hmm. you know, like it seems, and maybe maybe like that's really like the crux of it is that, um, you know, we're not in uh, a place that like MTV would have been connected to, right? Like we're not yeah. in, uh, we're not in New York, we're not in LA, um, we're in Roswell, so it has to be someone that would have the same sort of sensibilities, but located in a place as remote as Roswell, New Mexico. Yeah, and again, to go back to, like, how the weirdness of this DJ guy, he probably pitched this because he really wishes he was working in reality TV in a big city. Oh, that's but true. That's but he was like, this is my show. Blind date. Here's the thing. He, like, he gets it done. He finds, like, a pretty good guy. Oh, he finds a good guy? He gets a concert with Smash Mouth or someone? How, what, it, what, that, 
okay, we're not there yet. But it's <laughs> okay, a, sorry. It's such a <laughs> shitty development that like the big band that they're teasing the whole the whole episode uh, simply doesn't show up. How about the development? Right? And again, I'm jumping ahead to that end of that storyline, but they make a yeah, big yeah. deal that the record execs are there to see. Hey, guess what's the next time we see record execs? Third season, and they're unrelated to this. How do you build that whole plot? Then you have Maria perform and sound good. Well, the the whole Maria story is strange because she she comes in like so confident, right? And like mm-hmm. obnoxiously confident, mm-hmm. um, like changes everything, and then like freaks out as soon as there's a crowd. Like I thought she said that she sings karaoke. Like people watch karaoke too. I just the whole thing. It just I don't know. It doesn't feel real to me. None. Of, this episode is a weird. It's a weird dream. one. So okay, but to to take a few steps back. So not only that is Maria joining a band and taking over and all this stuff. She joins yeah. her best friend Alex's band. Sort and they of act like his will. <laughs> yeah, she forces her way into his band. He was looking for a professional. Uh, he puts up a sign in the, in the uh, outdoor school. cafeteria at the high right. school to find a professional singer. So, he, of course, he's going to get applicants will be in high school <laughs> or or like the choir teacher. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, that would have been a funny twist if Maria got bumped for the choir teacher. That would have been great. Oh, man. If but only. Maria Maria shows up to the band practice with uh, she says, I'll bring my charts, which like is you know musician parlance for i'm bringing sheet music or like Mm -hmm. you know uh written out music in some form or another but in like a rock or pop um like uh ensemble you're almost certainly going to be just be giving people uh chords right like chords and lyrics um and like she's got actual legitimate sheet music (laughs) like they're gonna play a goddamn sonata together But isn't that how Phil Collins writes all his songs? I, I don't think so. <laughs> There's no chords in Phil Collins. It just yes. it rang false to me, is what I. Yes. <laughs> what I okay, what was your feeling? Because you've been in bands, not to reveal oh, yeah. you, your personal yeah. life. I have been in bands. I was in. <laughs> I was in a Lost band. Um, mm-hmm. We only wrote and performed songs about the TV show Lost. We were called Sonic Weapon Fence, and we were great. We're, st- we're still yes. on Spotify. You can check it out. Yeah, very good stuff. How did you well, feel? Sorry, it was, it was, okay. it was a question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was going to gear up, too. Because, yes, it's unrealistic that she would show up with the sheet music. She was obviously not fitting in. I do feel like there's something fairly realistic with how the rest of the band is irritated with her and then yeah. kind of just shrugs it's like fine we just want to play <laughs> i mean I, I, this i do think that is the thing two two things about that are, are are true um is that like when you have a band and like someone new comes in and starts like trying to call shots uh mm-hmm. no one no one liked it right um right. Th- that that one thing is true and it is obvious but the other thing that is true and maybe not obvious is that when you're trying to put together a band in high school, truly no one wants to be in your band, right? Like <laughs> people will always say like, oh yeah, or at least this is something that I experienced a lot uh, mm-hmm. playing bass in high school and college. People being like, oh yeah, we should start a band. It's just a thing that people say 
no one actually wants to do it because it's a lot of work. It's work. And it sucks. (laughs) If you get gigs, they're terrible. (laughs) They sound bad. You sound bad. You probably don't get paid. Like, (laughs) it is largely no fun being in bands. Oh, no. So that felt real then. It's it's fun from time to time. So, so yeah, yeah, it did feel real that they were like, okay, well, whatever. We got a singer. Here's someone who has agreed to sing with us. Yes. So that's gonna be real. And then not only that, it's it's gonna be they book the show. She shows up late. Oh, this was you said you bookmarked that we need to talk about. It did. She comes and she's like, it's all about the attitude. She shows up late to perform uh, right. for the audition. And this and... this was triggering for me. <laughs> oh, no. Well, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, whenever you're in, and, you know, we, we, you've experienced this, too, in, like, doing uh, comedy, um, that, like, people want to adopt, like, a sort of, like, punk rock attitude mm-hmm. uh, towards something like punctuality or attendance yeah. uh and it's like no like we all decided to do this like let's be punk on stage or let's you know let's be rebellious in some other form but like let's be where we plan to be at the time we plan to be there <laughs> <laughs> so the specific story relates to a sonic weapon fence performance mm-hmm. um we were playing at an art gallery in madison wisconsin um and Madison, I we uh most of the band members were living in Chicago at the time. So this okay. is like it's not a super long drive, but it's you know, maybe like a four and a half, five hour drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was in like February or March or something, so it was like snowy and you know, like it was an ordeal to get there. Um and you know, we uh we are playing this show and we had been put in touch with a, a band that just played songs we per- we perceived it to be a band mm-hmm. <laughs> who just <Okay>. played songs <laughs> just played songs about Seinfeld and he was called the Soup Nazis right okay um and so uh we're like okay great uh this will this will be fun you you, you want to open for us he was mm-hmm. going to they're going to play uh like three or four songs and then we were going to play like an hour um okay perfect and so you know after we get this set up it's like oh okay it's really just this one dude doug he comes with like a backing track and he sings these songs we're like, okay weird but you know whatever yeah um th- this is what we're doing it's uh, a two tv themed bands in an art gallery this is what's happening yeah um and so you know with something like the show starts at eight o'clock and we're like okay uh, uh you know uh doug the door doors are gonna open at seven and the show is gonna start at eight um and so, you know, it's seven o'clock and we're there and we're setting up mm-hmm. um, and uh, Doug's not around. Doug's not uh, calling or answering um, texts or anything. We're like, oh well, goodness. OK, OK, well, you know, maybe maybe he's not coming like it is. It is snowing. Like maybe it's too much for him to, to come out. Um, and we, we get closer and closer to eight o'clock. It's like eight oh five. It's eight oh, ten. It's, it's quarter after eight. And we're like, OK, fuck it. We're just going to have to, like, take the stage. So we play. Uh, maybe three songs when I see this dude come through the door. Like what? I, I so I'm playing on stage and I can see yeah. him walk through the front door of the venue. Um, and at, at, at you know like he kind of like waves and like I recognize that it's him. Uh, and so like we finish the song and I'm like, hey, uh, the soup Nazis, uh, the soup Nazis are here. Um, yeah. And and I was like, 
on you know from the stage because uh, I couldn't hold it in was just like, hey, where were you? Uh, <laughs> and he goes, I thought we were on rock and roll time. No. Yep. I thought we were on rock and roll time. I am filled with the rage of the soup Nazi. I want to. <laughs> I want to tell him no music for you. Yeah, no show for you forever. Um, but I we, thought we were on rock and roll time. It's so obnoxious. Like, also, what are you talking oh. about? You're like one dude with a boombox. <laughs> like, what do you mean we're on rock and roll time? We're playing in an art gallery in Madison, Wisconsin. Well, and did he think that? You, you told him what time to be like. Yes, yes. You, it's not like you. Uh, who? What? I don't I, know. I don't oh know. Oh my god! So we played I half a we set, and then he he played his three songs, and then oh, we and nice then we closed you. out. Yeah. I feel like I would just have stonewalled. It. I think I would have tried to improvise a song right then about an asshole who talked about being on rock and roll time. Here's the thing. If that had happened on Lost, we would have written a song about it, but it did not. <laughs> Unfortunately, nobody. There were a lot of dicks on Lost. There None were. of them were that big of a dick. They're all punctual. Okay, let's not go too far. There is no way Sawyer has ever showed up for anything on time in his life. And I, Maybe LaFleur, but not Le Sawyer. LaFleur definitely keeps a tight schedule. I would guess that Charlie's late for stuff. Yeah, I mean, but also he was also a drug addict. <laughs> He's got a lot going on. Great point. <laughs> okay, but let's talk about my... We're not going to talk about your favorite show. We're here to talk about my favorite show. <laughs> my bad, my bad. <laughs> uh, okay. So, no, no, I'm so glad I got to hear about... I uh, thought we were on rock and roll time. I mean, it makes me very mad, but... I can put it in the hopper of things to just grind my gears. Yeah, when you just want to be mad about something. That's, that's a really good one. <laughs> rock and roll time. and lately there's just not been enough for me <laughs> so um <laughs> uh, okay so we've got maria and Al alex is this is i think one of his bigger plots that he's ever gotten to have yeah um, i was actually surprised to see so much alex because like i feel like every time i've been on this show previous um you've been like no alex is re he's really a character he's really on this show and i'm like <laughs> i don't believe you <laughs> Which is valid. Like, there's this plot. He gets more as we go, I mm -hmm. think. Um, yeah, he gets to do more as the series continues. But, yeah, they didn't really know what to do with him. And then, right now, um, he is the only one who doesn't. And we talked about this on an episode of Same Day Shipping. But he's the only one who doesn't know the alien secret. Other than, I mean, Kyle doesn't either, but he doesn't know the alien secret. So he's also on the outs that way. It's yeah. very hard to be the human who doesn't know the secret. No, um, and, and it's just in, like there's no it's one of those things that can only be justified on a TV show that like if you're if all of your friends were keeping one huge secret mm -hmm. from you, that it would be it would be the most hurtful thing when you found out. It would be hurtful. And also if you're teenagers too, I think you would just grow apart. Yeah, totally. Like you would, which is okay, but you couldn't, that you can't do that with characters on a TV show, but like you could just, it could just be like a, um, you know, um, a, a Millie from freaks and geeks situation. Sure. Just like it, you know, we used to be friends. Um, that's your other, other podcast. I know. I know. I can't stop. Can't stop. Won't. I like too many things and I talk about them. 
<laughs> hey man, me too, me too, me too. <laughs> okay, so that's so plot. That's I think the C plot, but that's one of the plots. Yes. We have we have blind date music uh band thing mm-hmm. and then we have Kyle and Max on the streets. Yes. So Max is sad that Liz is going on a date, but he's kind of always sad when he's not. He's kind of always sad. He's, yeah, he's uh, just kind of always sad. I mean, look at his sweaters. You can tell oh. he's always sad. And you can tell, like, he doesn't have the kind of sweaters that have a hole in the thumb, but he definitely, like, grips it with his hand and, like, has worn through yes. part of the sweater with his thumb and his fingers. His fists of sadness. Um, <laughs> But... So he's laying in bed listening to one of many boomboxes. There are so many boomboxes in this episode. It's really, it's an embarrassment of boomboxes. And you and I were uh, saying this before, uh, like while we were watching the episode, Mm -hmm. that we can't remember owning boomboxes that had, that didn't have um, CD players on them. Yeah, it's weird. None of of these did, right? They were all just like the tape deck kind. Radio and tape deck, which I remember using a boombox like i'm not i'm old enough that i made mixtapes and i definitely used the radio to record to a tape so like i recognize but i yeah i always had right on top a little cd holder right and i was frequently taking the songs from that cd and putting them on a tape so i could listen to them in my car exactly or in someone else's car when i was a kid yeah Absolutely. Or in my on my Walkman because they did have a walk. I wasn't always a Discman kid. I had a Walkman at a certain point. Um, but yeah, that yeah. was weird. How many boomboxes to see? And also, it's just weird because boomboxes have really left our culture to totally. a large extent. Yeah. Now, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's all been replaced by like Bluetooth speakers. Right. But they're not as cool as boomboxes. No, boomboxes are some, and some of these boomboxes are huge. Like yes, the, the, they the all take up a lot. Too big to carry on your shoulder. Yes, they're also like notable boomboxes. The fact yes. that we will never see all these boomboxes again. Like somebody had to go to a, a stereo store and buy a bunch of boomboxes and then return them when this episode was done shooting. You want to know what my theory is? What's my that? theory is that the radio DJ guy, who again is obviously an actual radio DJ, um. <laughs> brought them from the studio boom you're right that's what it is that's how they got the av stuff i think he also brought his own headphones because in that scene where he's like interviewing liz Mm -hmm. she's she's wearing um like more like uh they're like filming quality headphones and his are very obviously like real radio headphones and he's wearing them with like the one ear on and one ear off like he's wearing i think again those are his headphones from from the office <laughs> and they were this. like can you bring some boom boxes and he was like no problem i got a ton <laughs> let me fill up the back of the jeep um no i i think this is a great theory i Thanks. i co-sign so um, okay, okay but kyle so- okay so max is sadly listening to a boom box like he does everything and then he hears the noise outside and it's his enemy kyle who has drunkenly drove over to say hi? Well, to like invite him to the concert. Yes, he has tickets. He has extra tickets to the concert. Right. So he's and trying Kyle's, to make up. 
Kyle's not alone here either. He's got like the rest of his boys. Yeah, he's got a bunch of like jock guys in Letterman yeah. jackets. So they're all like, "Let's go!" and and Max is like, uh, "I'm a pass." And then Kyle's like, "But we're all drunk. How are we gonna get there? We need a designated driver." Um, and this is the beginning of uh, what? What's uh, the Kyle actor? What's what's the actor's name? Nick Wexler, I think is how you pronounce it. This but is Nick. the beginning of uh, Nick Wexler uh, acting drunk for half a goddamn hour on this show. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not bad. No, he's not. Like, especially as far as like TV drunk goes. Yeah. Um, he's largely believable. Isn't mm-hmm. like crazy over the top. Um, like max is a little bit uh here and there where you're like all right you know cool it but also he's an alien so like you know whatever yeah um but yeah like kind of respectable drunk acting i honestly kyle is an underdog who i like he comes through in this series as one becomes one of my favorites yeah the performances are pretty grounded and they go to some interesting places with him i was thinking about it and because we have a little and i'm not sure i'd go all the way to like calling it gay panic jokes but there are like a couple couple beats that it's like weird Uh and it makes me wish and the next show we'll watch at broadswell has openly gay and pan and bi characters but like i wish that we could have just i was like oh you know what if Kyle was gay, that would have been a more interesting storyline for this. Like, especially because his relationship with, Li- or if he was bi, like if he was attracted to Max and that yeah. was part of his thing, that would have been interesting. That's not right. what they're doing. <laughs> but nope. I was like, that would have been more interesting than like, Max, are you trying to come out to me? It's like, what? Is that yeah, a joke? Well, I, it's and then, a funny and then one. Max's, Max's comeback of like, Oh, you really are a jackass. Where it's like, all of this sucks, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And I I don't, I think the show is of its time and blah, 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 blah. But also it's just like, it's like, why, if you can't swim in the sea, don't wade into the water. Like, what are you doing? I mean, the thing is, they're just, they're just making jokes about it, right? Like, Right, but not even like with punchlines. Like no, the, that's true. I well, like there's, there's like the half punchline later when the radio DJ is like, "Uh, we could break into Liz's bedroom somehow," uh, <laughs> and, and we see we see Doug in the bed with another man. Yeah, and then they hit it again. Another man. Yeah. Like I, okay, I don't know. Look, Not, this episode is over 20 years old at this point. It is over 20 years old. And I don't feel like, like, because it feels to me similar to some of the humor on the television show Friends. Yes. In that weird, but that show I think went further and more ways that I like fully denounce and want to come like against. And this is just like, show, you could have been, you could have been better then. And I think if you were made now, you would be better. Yeah, well, and as evidenced by the fact that the show is being made now, and it is better in that regard. True, that does help. Yeah. <laughs> it helps to know for sure. <laughs> it makes the um, hypotheticals really easy when you have evidence. 
literally the same characters. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we find out that Kyle and the other show is by this yeah. season. These oh. are some fluid characters. I love it. I'm excited not... to get to it. I know, I know. Okay. So Max sips tiny bit of vodka and he gets way drunk from a sip of vodka. Apparently alien physiology makes you super drunk from a little bit of alcohol. Right. And um, again, I thought that Kyle was roofying him. Yes. Again, that might have been more interesting. Like, I mean, not roofing him for to take advantage of to him. To take but advantage just, of him. Yeah. But like it could have been roofing him so that he would t- you know, my you know, he could have been like, My dad says this is how you get the truth out of people or something. I don't know. Yeah, or but, even just even just to fuck with him. Like I think yeah. that would be cool too, of like Oh yeah, you were like looking down on us for for drinking. Like I fucking mm-hmm. roofied you, asshole. Like that, even even that's more interesting. <laughs> yeah, they didn't go for the. They, what they went for is Max. He draws a heart with his initials and Liz's initials and puts it on her on her balcony. And Kyle evidently too fucked up to recognize that he did it without a can of paint. Yep, and it's glowing. So right. all these things are remarkable, you dumb. but not being remarked upon. Nope. Uh, he also uh, he also makes pretty lights and he dances or s- stands with uh, with Liz under the pretty lights mm-hmm. while the car alarms go off to show how he feels inside when he's with her. Here's the thing. He also does my favorite alien magic ever, which is where he replaces uh, in a photograph of Liz with, with her friend, <laughs> he great. replaces the other fa- the faces of the other people with his face. I hope he didn't change it back. I <laughs> hope that she gets home after this crazy night <laughs> and just like what? Is like, what? <laughs> it's wild. It is, it is wild. wild. It's pretty great though. Yeah, no, it's very. The funny. show is goofy on purpose. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, except for the other storyline that we haven't really talked, there's not much to say about it. Matt, Michael, and Isabel burn some grass, and not in the fun way. They literally light a rope on fire on top of some grass in the library parking lot in order to summon the fourth alien. And someone, maybe the fourth alien, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Uh, like sees the signal later but like they're disappointed right when like he doesn't show up immediately yeah they thought he was gonna show up immediately so they clean up and then the mysterious figure in the trench coat shows up lights everything on fire takes a picture of the aliens Uh and puts it in the fire (laughs) so no one will see that there was a picture of the aliens it's not clear what he's doing (laughs) it is not it's also not clear to me how they clean up. They wave their hand. And then and then all the grass is fine. And then all the grass is fine. So now oh. now all the grass is going to be messed up. Oh, so yeah. Maybe, maybe they'll notice that and then also see ashes. And they'll be like, I bet these ashes were from a picture of us. <laughs> well, the weird thing is it's a, a picture of uh, Liz with two Maxes. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> Michael would be so pissed. Um, Two Maxes and no Michaels. 
I guess we did kind of um, uh, gloss over the uh, blind date story, like the, the A story, I guess. Yes. Liz is on a date with this guy, Doug. He's mm-hmm. a dud, but he's not a bad guy. He's just. Yeah, he's just not either of her two guys. Right. And she's he's definitely in first date mode. Yes. And he kind of does a little of the like, you're not like other girls thing to her, which. I think does probably work on a good percentage of first dates. I find it to be a red flag. Right. When you're on a date with someone, they just can't wait to tell you about all the other women they don't like. And then it's like, is that, we got to do that? Okay, cool, cool, cool. He hates that all the girls in his archaeology program are trying to achieve things. <laughs> they all want to make discoveries. Ugh. <laughs> I got into archaeology to find out what other people discovered. I wish I could meet a girl who just wanted to listen to me talk about Radiohead. <laughs> He's a college freshman, right? Yes, yeah. No, it was perfect. Uh, um, the one cool thing that he does do, though, is that he, like, helps them get away from the radio station. Like, he can yes. sense either he's uncomfortable with it. Or he mm-hmm. can sense that she's uncomfortable with it. Yes. And I, thought, I thought that was a, a pretty rad boop where he's like, hup, 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 and then like they get away. No, yeah, he helps them escape. And then he, again, he wants a normal first date. He's like, let's just eat nachos or whatever he wants to eat. And they, he's like, let's just talk and spend time together. Um, um, where do they go? Do they, they go to the crash down. So he takes her to the restaurant uh-huh, to her she job. works in? Uh huh. That her parents own. So it's I, her house. I cannot advise this course of action. No, it was a bad move, especially to sit out in the dining room. Yes. Because there is like a back room, like a like a break room area or her bedroom where they eventually end up. But like, yeah, it's, it's not... It's not it's not romantic. And also, Uh -uh. like, of course, the radio station is going to find you then. Yeah, it's the most obvious place. And there's big glass windows. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe maybe he's not the best. Archaeologist. If he was a better archaeologist, he would have had a better place for them to go. Well, and he's only a freshman archaeology major. So he may not graduate an archaeology major. He may have to make some shifts. I like the idea that an archaeologist is also good at finding restaurants. (laughs) Undiscovered restaurants. Hey, it's a pre-Yelp world, baby. (laughs) It would be so funny if you got hired at, like, Eater LA and at your first staff meeting, (laughs) like, Indiana Jones comes in. (laughs) It's like, I find the undiscovered. Oh, I mean, honestly, it's any job, cool. your first day of Indiana Jones shows up. It's a pretty good day. Uh, Yes, unless he's in, like, professor mode. And even that's... Yeah, or that's if you're good. a Nazi. Those are the two <laughs> bad times to see Indiana well, Jones. First day is a Nazi, man. <laughs> it's really rough. Oh, um, but no, I don't think Doug will ever be Indiana Jones level. No, I think that's a, a pretty safe bet. And then uh, Doug just kind of like fades off into the distance as uh, it becomes clear that Liz and Max have stuff to work out. And Max like kind of spills his heart out, uh, being mm-hmm. like, here's, 
here's we should run away together all i need in this in this world is you uh i can do all my crazy alien magic and i don't care if anyone sees because it means we're in love whatever um and then when he sobers up later by kissing her is the kissing what makes him sober up i think so i think it's also and the show hasn't um i think since the pilot hasn't really like been explicit about this but the show will be more explicit as we go on when they kiss they are like sharing memories that they don't both they're like giving each other memories okay or visions or images sure so, so they're I like think, sharing a mental state maybe yes and so i think it's the visions and in this one um i don't think we've seen it before we may have or it may be the one that uh michael was referencing but we both see um a bunch of uh, symbols that we've seen before like alien symbols and then we also see um a cluster of stars in the sky a specific constellation Mm. that has significance in the show is it the same constellation that uh they were burning the symbol under Yes, I believe so. Okay. All right, but all that right. constellation becomes more important. So I think it's that. Yes, I think it's the kiss, but I think it's the kiss triggers these flashes, and then I think the flashes cleared his mind. Is well, my so it, read of it as a person who's seen even, this episode twenty times. <laughs> right. It's not even just clears his mind. It 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 almost seems to like reset him. Right, because he's like, mm-hmm. I don't. I he doesn't even remember what he was saying when he was drunk. Yes. All right. It's pretty sad. Yeah. For it's sad for Liz because I think because she, she is being because he broke up with her or he said they couldn't be together. She was accepting that. She's trying to move on. He shows up. She tries to help him. He pours his heart out. He gets so romantic. He convinces her to you know give him a chance or however you want to say it. And then he, he is takes back. It yeah. yeah. It's it sucks to be Liz in this episode. <sighs> yeah though she yep. wears so oh we have to talk about the glitter she wears a lot of glitter it moves around her face like it has a mind of its own it's great it's it's also it's, uh it's alarming to see her like dressed up for a date mm-hmm. um because her makeup is so much less dramatic than it normally is yes it's very like uh it, she looks like an actual 16-year-old in 1999 getting yes. ready for prom. Yeah. Which like, just felt weird. It did. No, I agree. Um, where And then Maria is wearing weird chokers, some of it, which were making you feel very uncomfortable. Yeah. The first choker that she's wearing felt like it was just too much resting. Like on, It made me very aware of my own throat, you know? <laughs> Like I'm, I'm holding my throat right now. It feels right. <laughs> Garnet. Yeah, uh. I think they really wanted her to have the like the the like pop star vibe. Yeah. The, yeah. So this. W- 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 then at, at at the end, like she does have the pop star vibe. She sings a Phil mm-hmm. Collins song um and like seemingly does a pretty good job of it but like that's just the end of the episode yes i mean i think i don't know i think i know that the actress like during this show had a record deal and had songs so later in the series that actress's songs are on episodes 
or in show. Oh, in the show. okay. So sure. I okay. think so. I it's think like they knew they had a talent. Easter. It's like when Leighton Meester started putting out records, and they were like, "Well, she's got to sing on Gossip Girl now." Yes, that's yeah. what it's like. But I, oh. I think they could have. I I don't know why we didn't just have Maria B in Alex's band. Uh, yeah, this is a great question. It, and then and then when it's time to perform for this thing, she says, "Well, let's do pop music." Like, I I don't know. Yeah, the the story as it is doesn't work, but like the pieces are all fine. <laughs> like And the payoff of hers I mean, this to me is not a landmark episode like it's a good episode, but it's not one that I'm always like, Oh, I can't wait to get to blind date. But it's like the payoff is that she sings the Phil Collins song at the end. So it's like you just have to get to that part. She's got yeah. a pretty voice. Like she does have a pretty voice and it's a fun moment. That's a nice song. Yeah, I mean, isn't it about a dead kid, though? Or dead bus full of kids? Hmm, could be. I do not know. <laughs> All right, I'm going to look that up between uh, between recordings. But, okay, so we are left on the cliffhanger of trench coat guy. Yes. Um, But everything that we've talked about over the past 43 minutes is meaningless. For the second half of this episode of the podcast. Awesome. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to get back to Roswell, New Mexico. Yay. Okay. Um, well, we'll do that in just a moment. Okay. Everything happened in that episode. Oh, my God. It was crazy. It... Uh, uh... <laughs> okay so like okay so we, okay ah okay. <laughs> we're, okay we're both broken this episode broke it broke, broke us broke okay look we can just start with where we left off last season and just okay so at the end of last season max has saved rose's life uh-huh. he pulled her out of a pod and gave her life and the, it drained him of his life force so the last thing we saw was Max is dead. Yes. And Rosa is alive. And Rosa is alive. And that's and like we- the big, but I feel like, okay, so that is such like a big kind of uh, like shift in what the show like fundamentally is mm-hmm. that I like uh, we got a shift just as big, maybe a couple of them in this episode. I like, know. Episode one is as paradigm yeah. shifting as the season finale of the previous season. And I still have no idea what's next. No. Like, I mean, I have no idea. I mean, it seems like we're going to pit sister against sister. Uh, and mm-hmm. Rosa's going to, like, doubt herself the whole way. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> no, yeah. And and Rosa, like, we had seen bits of her last season in flashbacks. And she was really likable. But now that we're seeing her interact with more characters, I'm like, I love Rosa even more. No, I'm like, she's... I'm 100% in. Yeah. Yeah, and like uh, real time sister dynamic, amazing. Mm-hmm. I love it. I just want more of that. Yes, um, and I mean she has to be the person doing the graffiti around town, right? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I think she's the graffiti bandit, and I hope that that's how either her father or Maria find out. But that's uh, that. I thought that was the thing I cared most about this episode. And I even told you it was making me uncomfortable. Yeah. Because we didn't 
deal with it at all. It's still not dealt with. No, she's just secretly alive. And Liz is like already. Okay, so when we start, it's only been a couple weeks, maybe a week. Um, yeah, and, and Noah he, is having, they're having a funeral for Noah. And Liz is planning her trip to drive to Palo Alto to start her next career move. Right. And the it, the way that, like, the information is doled out here is a, a little strange and, like, a little disorienting. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, we see Isabel, like, giving the the eulogy, uh, you know, uh, where everyone in the crowd believes it's for Noah, but it's obviously she's giving a eulogy for yes. Max. But at this point, we don't we don't really know where they left things or like what mm-hmm. what they've told everyone else cuz like as i'm watching her do that i'm like i'm under the assumption that they were like that they told everyone that both max and noah died but instead they're just like no uh i don't know max uh, went away he's <laughs> he's sending uh, <laughs> weird text messages i guess abrupt text and messages abrupt. to his mother <laughs> so i think that we're to believe michael is writing them I think <laughs> that that tracks. Um, but yeah, and so, but okay. Oh my god, there's so much to talk about because I could just spend 20 minutes probably just talking about how amazing Isabel's funeral outfit is for her husband. Oh, she is mourning in style. <laughs> it's a it's it, sparkly, oh. uh, curvy dress. Yes, a a fantastic chapeau. Mm-hmm on top she she looks great um oh man okay we we were talking about it a little bit during uh the episode but like when she and liz have this like fight Mm -hmm. um was that a staged fight they like they knew they had to have so that people would be like ah okay yes max really did leave town uh, because they're fighting about it I think so. I think they had because so at the the reception, whatever you call the hangout after the funeral. I think hangout is correct. <laughs> the hangout. Um, at that, yes, there's the big fight. I think it is for Max's mom's perspective, Max's mom, and for the sheriff. I think it's to show to because the sheriff is acting suspicious already. Yeah. The thing is, Liz leaves that like their fake fight upset because she like talks to michael in the parking lot uh and well, michael like, knows yeah no I, I know michael knows but like she still seems it, it seemed to me like she was rattled by the fight she just had with isabel but maybe it's just like you get you know you're so thrown into uh like the make-believe of it you're using real emotion so like you're upset anyway maybe that's yes i think that's what it was supposed to be i think we were supposed to see that throughout the episode liz is not as able to control her emotions as she would like to be she's pretty devastated about max's death yes um which i mean it is one of those things where she is i think that was even the description on the uh, CW app was like Liz is torn between joy over Rose's life and <laughs> sorrow over Max's death and it's like yeah no that's pretty much where she is but it's like uh, you I don't know I don't know if it's just that the darker emotions are always going to pull you under but 
I mean, I, I don't know. Like, one of the things that I like about Liz is that even when she she's, like, stressed out or sad or whatever, that she, like, she had that whole sort of, like, a Liz Warren campaign ad speech at the end <laughs> of, of this thing. Where I kind of liked it. I, lo- I, I liked it, too. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I liked Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, facts. Um, uh and you know so that like when she is uh beaten down or like you know met with an impossible task that she's just like she can buckle down and like turn that into focus and i Mm -hmm. think that's interesting to see that sort of juxtapose against isabel who like tries that that she's like i've been training and i can break more plates i know um but like it's not going to be her magic powers that bring uh max back it's gonna be uh you know liz's either like stem cell research i don't know what exactly she was alluding to um or but like she's going to use science to bring it back yeah well and i think that's kind of one of isabel's things right she has that connection with max by being twins or whatever and that they you know like they are they are connected in alien ways right but liz yeah liz can get things done i mean it was kind of pathetic and Isabel is great, like, and the performance is great throughout the episode. But it's yes. pretty pathetic when she's breaking Crystal, and then she's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna bring Max back by exploding him." What are yeah. you gonna do, Isabel? <laughs> it does not seem like a one for one kind of thing. No, because like her and her main power is not exploding things. I mean, I guess telekinesis you can go different ways, but like her main power is mind control. So, uh, yeah, maybe she should work on controlling minds really well and then she can wake max up but no she's she's literally exploding stuff i it the funniest part of the episode for me was uh michael just like <laughs> shaking the glass out of his uh out of his hat <laughs> as if to be like all right well this is pointless <laughs> oh man michael's having an adventure in this episode he shows up late to the funeral drunk just stumbling on in just stumbling on in boots and hat like he don't give a shit (laughs) he does he's wearing a white t-shirt um he does not care he he has a uh highball a whiskey like throughout the episode (laughs) wherever he is he's got a drink highball of whiskey continuous (laughs) yes um oh but he does have a little alex we get some more alex stuff with him so yeah you raised a question while we were watching and i'm still confused yeah because the last thing we saw and i have rewatched the show twice since we recorded the podcast so i'm i'm pretty sure i saw this happen oh yeah um and in the episode alex comes to michael while all things are crazy and alex like we got to talk and michael's like i'll meet you in the morning We'll talk then. And it, and the way he says it isn't as dismissive as I'm even being. It's more like, you know, is like, I'm, you know, you're my soulmate face. Oh, yes, we can talk in the morning. And then in the morning, he stands Alex up. And he has a working hand and he goes, plays guitar and hangs out with Maria. Now, in this episode, Alex gives him a guitar, which is kind of interesting because he doesn't even know he was off playing guitar with Maria. So it shows that he really knows what Michael would do if he had a working hand. But then <laughs> it does. It shows a lot of foresight. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, Hey, he does. He likes guitar. He 
hasn't been able to play it since my dad smashed his hand. So then Michael brings Alex back the guitar and is like, I don't want your guitar. And he says, and I think it's Alex says, yeah, I told you I wanted to go be a guitar player. And then I joined the Air Force. Maybe yeah, he's talking about back when they were teenagers, like 10 years ago. So, but the way he says it is just confusing. Yes, that the way he says it feels like he's talking about right now. That, like, he was going to not go back to the Air Force and instead was going to, like, tour the country as a musician. What it sounded like. Yes. When I didn't know that was even in the mix. And second from that... It doesn't necessarily, for me, fully track to why you gave your guitar. Right. I, if I you didn't plan, get that if reference. You plan on playing more guitar. Why are you giving your guitar away? Yeah, I mean, except that he's your you're in love with him, and it's a token of love. Well, sure, and that's that's all well and good. But then why? <laughs> but then why be like, oh yeah, I. It doesn't, I, there's something here we didn't understand. <laughs> yeah, we missed something. Yeah. Uh, and we, I, like I said, I've seen all the episodes, so I don't think it's something. Uh, textual. I don't, textual. It is something subtextual I missed. Okay. So, but anyway, then the second the gift Michael. Yeah. he gives is a folder, including a horrible beat up picture of his mom. Where she's uh, covering her breasts so that we can't. <laughs> so that so like, we can't, so we see, can't that. see them is what I was about to say. <laughs> but what I mean is, uh, like that's that's uh, she's like clinging on to like her last little bit of dignity. It's like yes. a gross thing that Alex is giving, and there are bruises all over her face. Mm-hmm. Like, and I get okay the sentiment of I I hacked into this mis- this thing until I found your mother's file. I found all the information I could find about her. Here is the information about your mother. That is both a good token of friendship and like a nice thing to do for someone to not warn them that the first thing when they open it, that they're going to see is an abused picture of their own mother. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta like cherry pick that a little bit. Like it's okay to redact some of this. Sure. Or just be like, before you look at, I want you to know there's some things in there you may not want to see anything but instead the first thing you open oh okay cool thanks alex this is very upsetting (laughs) i mean and michael's upset and essentially breaks up with alex again Mm -hmm. um and then goes to maria's bar where he proceeds to just like pick fights with people and make out with randos he makes out the rando I think the picking of the fight was just kind of a fun bonus. Sure. Um, Here, here's something that I thought was interesting. When, they, when they're talking about it afterwards, when Maria and Michael are talking about mm-hmm. it afterwards, she says, uh, you're just making out with a random. Just a random. Not a random mm-hmm. girl and not a rando, but a random. Are you questioning whether that is authentic slang? I don't the the usage seems odd is all I wanted to point out. It is odd. I believe that it is the first time that I heard that was from the movie Clueless. But that feels like some old slang then. 
It might be old, but it could also just be different circles. You know, also maybe it's just coming back around. It may be coming back around, but yes, it's not the first time I've heard random used as a noun. And I wonder if I used yeah. to say random, but I say rando now for sure. I mean, if I'm referring to a person that we have like no specific affiliation with, that's definitely a rando. Right. But if you started saying random, I wouldn't be confused about what you meant. All right. All right. Just some random. Yeah, I, it still feels like there's uh, another word needed there. I, I need I need one more word <laughs> or one less letter. All right, well, we'll it's noted. Thank you. Um, and that fight is also like, because Liz has a lot of big plot moves. Michael's plot lines are really just about relationships and identifying where he's fucked up. Um, yeah. Because and yeah, yeah Maria is—he's not, not tied into the alien drama like at all, right? No, I mean he's there at the end during the autopsy. Because by the way, this episode, sister comes back to life, grieving the husband. Oh, grieving the the dead brother. Oh, by the way, also we're going to get to an alien autopsy. Yeah, hell yeah, we are. It's <laughs> amazing. so good okay um, so, uh, well, what do we have to go back to here we have to um oh well okay and this this part we could probably just do say it now because nothing really happens on it but maria maria's mother shows up at the uh at the wild pony mm -hmm. uh, after maria gets a call that we see on the screen the caller id <laughs> for no reason to say that it's from the the nursing home well and not Our only context gives us that pretty right. clearly and also the the sequence of events is we see the on-screen graphic that announces it's a nursing home calling mm -hmm. um and then the, we hear the telephone call which made it obvious and we didn't need to have that on-screen graphic but then the substance of the call is uh your mother has uh escaped or walked away or something and then she walks through the door. So we didn't right. need any part of the phone call. <laughs> no. We could just walk in through the door and be she, like, Mom, you're supposed to be at blah, blah, blah. A hundred percent. I think theoretically, and again, all of this could have been fixed in editing or maybe whatever. But like theoretically, I think we're supposed to, it's supposed to mirror the end of the episode when she, when Maria again gets a phone call mm -hmm. from the home saying your mother left she's walking towards you and maria being like oh she'll be here in a second but yeah she won't because, because she's been disappeared possibly abducted by aliens right we just see a white light and then her bracelet is like i think fan. it's much more likely that it's like uh military mm. i mean i still think she may have been abducted by aliens at some point sure I don't know that this show is going to do beam me up Scotty stuff. I don't. Maybe. You think you think that was the uh, the Starship Enterprise that just. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. And she's like, hey, Scotty, what's going on? He's like, ah, beam you up. <laughs> no, I just I don't know. Maybe the show will do that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it would also make sense because it does seem like the um, there is some military operation happening sort of on like the fringes of stuff 
that mm-hmm. we're just starting to like get a clearer view of, right? Yeah. Because um later when uh Kyle and Alex are trying to steal the body, uh steal Noah's body so that they can um rip out his heart and jam it into Max. <laughs> um they uh you know, they're intercepted or like they uh Flint mm-hmm. gets there before them and like he's obviously working with the Air Force to try and like like they know more than we are led to believe, right? Well, we knew that because Alex's dad ran a secret program that was all alien investigation. But, like, we were also led to believe that that program got shut down when the dad got shut down. Right. But is maybe just so do we think that Flint is, like, continuing that in, like, an official capacity or does he just have, like, an axe to grind? I think he's doing it in an official capacity, but I or I guess to me the question is who is he getting orders from? Yes. And I yes. feel like I bet we'll find out he's getting orders from somewhere. <laughs> That's my guess. <laughs> but so, maybe not. <laughs> but if there's like a whole, you know, like Air Force X Files thing going on in the background that we're yes. only starting to see now, like I think that's dope. I think it is too, and especially if it ties into what's going on with Maria's mom and other aliens or other things going on mm-hmm, historically. Because, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, yeah, these kid people who grew up as aliens and one saved someone when he was in his 30s, that's interesting or whatever, but like, I want more. I want that. Yeah. I want, like, what are the ships? When did they come? Who was on them? And that's the other thing that yes. I'm sure we talked about last season but i'm gonna bring it up again because i feel like it's gonna play into the noah of it all but noah kind of explicitly says like he was in steerage class or maybe even a um like he essentially says like he was uh he was in steerage he was like poor yeah or a foot soldier i don't know how military i don't know how military the ship was but he but he's was, got a yeah. he's got a chip on his shoulder. Yes, and he was like not of the upper classes. Class. Yeah. Versus Max, Isabella, and Michael were definitely in the you know the front of the Snowpiercer train. <laughs> yes, to mix right. the metaphors, so I'm really interested to see how that is, what that means. Well, and, and what that could mean. So like that that's one arm of like the mythological like thing that's happening and then there's also that Noah is contacting um uh Rosa mm-hmm. to be like um well what is he even trying to communicate like he's just trying to tell her that like something is going to happen right or that like something well, is coming Noah Noah is saying things to her that he said some of them, at least, he's saying to her that he said to Max. Right. So, but I'm still not sure that it's actually Noah in Rosa's head, or if it's Max, if that was how Max was trying to communicate to Rosa. Sure. Well, so then, so then, you know, obviously, like the the episode ends with Max being like, "You can't, uh, you can't let your sister bring me back to life." I know. Um, <laughs> which is awesome um but like that also portends like if i do come back to life something bad happened 
Like, yes. Or like, yeah, yeah, something bad happens or knowing how Max is, someone like Isabel would be in danger or Liz would be in danger. Like, yeah. It would be something bad happens, but what the worst things for him are, I think, anybody of his inner circle being in danger. See, and what I'm guessing is that it is something uh, like larger than that or more generalized than that. Like, if he comes back to life, not just are his like family members going to be in danger, but like, you know, maybe. Uh, he's been serving as like a beacon, and like all the aliens can like find him then, and like you know destroy mm-hmm. the planet and take their aliens back, or you know something along totally. those lines. Like I think there's uh, catastrophic consequences to him com- coming back. Oh, it's gonna be so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that turn was so good. It was fun to see Kyle and Alex work together a little bit. Um, Very briefly. Try to steal the body. Um, um I, I i think it's funny how um like cool kyle is in all of this where he's mm-hmm. like all right I don't, I don't know all right yeah we'll sneak your sister in oh she's here like he's surprised to see rosa but you yes. know he's just like okay we'll do all the tests we have to i know and he just but he was he is ready to have like a brother sister conversation with her like immediately yeah. like he's like yeah i'm not gonna lose my chance to have a sister and you're like what you thought she was dead 20 minutes ago everyone adjusts very quickly on this show it's okay to take a beat well no but it's not okay to take a beat because things keep happening they keep moving along at a steady clip when <laughs> when <laughs> rosa sees the uh the van that flint is driving yes. and it's quickly like that's probably them <laughs> and then just it's a military one yeah fine. just steers into the van oh my god um, it's so good it's so good but it's also so fast Mm-hmm. Um and like moves right into that like we need I, we need you to help us move a body um yep. like it it's all just very uh it's all of the biggest craziest things that would happen on any other TV show just stacked right up against each other. Well, and skipping the boring boring parts because yep. we don't actually see the the cars hit each other. We don't see Rosa and Liz climb out of the wreckage or at, or no, we just cut to. Okay, you guys figured it out. They stole the body, so here's what we do. Um, um, what What do you make of the uh, revelation that the aliens' bodies are like part organic, part technology? I think it's interesting. It certainly does uh, let Liz have her regenerative regenerative medicine dub like connect so t- closely with yeah. her uh, with her trying to save him. I think I like it not to get too spoilery cuz now you will actually watch the yeah. But on the other Roswell on the OG he, uh, they were um like created. Okay. Um so they had a purpose but they were they were genetically modified in order to live on earth um and like they they are not in the pure alien form that they lived on their home planet yeah yeah, yeah. they're on this like so so to me it made total sense um i mean it's very different than how the ones in the original were created but like it may be like oh well then they were probably like technologically hacked to become the beings that can survive on earth 
Yeah, sure. Okay. But so I, I don't know if that's yeah. going to be true in this mythology, but it that so it fell into place for me in that way. Um, did, uh, it how felt, did it feel for you? It felt surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I I, I liked it. I, I like it, and if we can see more, like when they showed the inside of Noah's skin, and it was mm-hmm. like that, like green iridescent, like glowy stuff. Um, like that's just one of those moments where, it, like, it it all just feels like it works. You know, like yes, yes, yes I love this. <laughs> Give me more yeah. of this creepy stuff. I feel like a lot of times in this pilot, they just like were like, "What's the most interesting, cool thing we could do?" Okay, let's do it. Um, yeah, correct. And we still get the beats of like we still get Liz sobbing in the shower because she's so like we still get emotional beats and we still get other things, but and we still get a good Michael Alex meaty breakup scene again. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, things are moving. Well, and then we we have not yet discussed the stinger, which is that Isabel is pregnant. Yeah, she is. Or, I didn't see it. No, neither neither did I. But like, is she just like regular pregnant, or is there like some? Well, it's two aliens. She it's can't two be aliens. regular pregnant. She's got to be alien pregnant. She's alien pregnant at the very least, if not like unless she she could be pregnant with Noah. Yeah, this is what I'm saying because she keeps yeah. saying that like. She can't, he's always inside of her. Yeah, she can't escape him. Yeah. Yep. Which, it's funny, because when they showed us the ultrasound earlier in the episode, I was like, that's interesting that they used an ultrasound to figure that out. But I really, I let it slip out of my brain. Yeah. And then later, they do a shot where you see the ultrasound in the foreground, and I said out loud, I was like, what is that? Yeah, and I didn't know. <laughs> they had showed us the ultrasound, and then it was like, oh, uh, like as soon as she picked up the ultrasound, it was like, oh yeah, that's what we usually see ultrasounds get used for on right. television. Um, also, I don't know why, but it is unnerving to see someone apply the like ultrasound machine to their own belly. Yeah, I don't know why that is, but I'm just like, no, oh, there should be a doctor there. <laughs> You're going to pulse the wrong pulses. <laughs> um, yeah, that whole sequence. So the end of the episode is done to zombie. Yeah, by the cranberries. <laughs> by, by the cranberries, which is amazing. Um, so we see, so we get Max pleading, uh, pleading with Rosa to let him stay dead. Um, right. To stop Liz. Liz explaining how she's uh, not going to let any man hold her down. <laughs> Which again, I love this. I love I love yes. this moment. Um, um, it was it was, uh, and it also really set because before if we had had a pre podcast conversation, yes, about like what do I expect from season two? I'd be like, okay, well we're gonna have to Liz is gonna have to figure out how to hide Rosa or figure out Rosa, and we're gonna have to get max back to life um and i guess those things are still true <laughs> but they're so much more complicated they're so that. much more complicated and so much more interesting like the things i thought we were gonna see th- yeah the show's better than that so i'm <laughs> i'm excited although it does seem like uh they're not really we're not too concerned with hiding Rosa. Like, yeah, we are, but it's not, like, a source of drama. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hope it doesn't. I mean, the fact that she's alive and her dad doesn't know, I don't love that. And, yeah. like, I, 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 like, 
it, it really made me uncomfortable. I hated that scene. It made me just mad. Um, so I hope they figure that part out. And I don't and know again, how to do it. I mean, this is just like what we were talking about in the episode of Roswell, when like everyone else knows the secret and you don't. Mm-hmm. When you find out, it's only going to hurt. Yep. But well, I guess and- the flip side, Rosa would be back. So like, it'll hurt. Yeah, so. so your daughter's alive. Yeah, so you got that going for you. I feel like, I mean, I don't know. There's also the part where Liz kind of lets slip or says to Michael, I think, that Rosa doesn't know that the whole town thinks she's a murderer. (laughs) Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) So that's also a part. Like, she, I don't know what's going to (laughs) happen. Well, that's that's exciting. That's what we want from a show like this one. Mm -hmm. Um, Although we also do like it when our beautiful boys uh, make out. That did not happen in this episode. No, there was no beautiful boy makeouts, but they're coming. I mean, we did see him kiss a random, so that was something. (laughs) Still feels weird to me. (laughs) I'm going to try to make it. It's like fetch. I'm going to try to make it happen. Um yeah, I mean, all of the ideas introduced in this episode, I'm into it. Let's go. Um, yeah, I can't. I I want to watch next week's episode right now. Yeah, well, I think we got to wait. Okay. Uh, well, thank you so much for being on this journey with me. I'm excited to go on this journey with you, Ryan. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> um, I cannot remember how we end the show. Um, mm, if I recall correctly, you didn't have an ending to the show in the past. I don't think we need to add one, but <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just really psyched. I'm feeling, I'm really jazzed up. I don't think I'm going to sleep tonight. I'm just going to think of what I hope a season two includes. Um, I also may not sleep tonight, but that could just be, you know, regular pandemic fears and negative thought spirals um that sort of stuff is happening on the reg but maybe you know what i will say this show i don't think i thought about the pandemic the entire time we were watching roswell new mexico no you know what me neither which is weird because as i'm watching everything else now Mm -hmm. uh, when people are at a party or yep. like they're out somewhere. I'm like, you're standing too close together. Someone's gonna get sick. When they're sharing a flask, Kyle. Yeah. Kyle. <laughs> no, oh my god, grown up Kyle is both hotter. No offense, young Kyle, but he is hotter and way smarter on the ball. Yeah, way smarter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this has been fun. <laughs> Let's talk next week. Perfect. Thank you for listening to Welcome Back to Roswell. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review over at Apple Podcasts or follow us on uh, social media. We're at Roswell Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Take care and have a great week.